There is no team more well-equipped to trade for Shohei Otani than the Cincinnati Reds. But would they actually do it? You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds. Welcome back to the second half. There's a game tonight. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. We are your team every day. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game and our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you who listen every day. We love hearing from you guys. We see you in the comment sections. We see you on Twitter. We love it, and we love talking baseball with you on today's podcast we've been seeing those comments we've been seeing your questions and we've been seeing that speculation on some national baseball sites so jeff and i are going to do it we are going to dig in and discuss what it would take for the cincinnati reds to be a player to be a buyer to be involved in the shohei otani sweepstakes buckle up we're also going to get you set for the resumption of play as the Reds host the second place Milwaukee Brewers in a three game set this weekend out at Great American Ballpark. All right, Jeff, um, I'm not sure we're ready for whatever blowback <laughs> this is going to cause, but I'm going to buckle in and let you get this started. Here we go. And and the way that I want to start this off, Steve, is is let me let me lay it out this way in Major League Baseball. There's no team in a better position to get Shohei Otani than the Cincinnati Reds based on how they could utilize him and the trade package that they could put together to send to the Los Angeles Angels. Make no mistake about it. There is nothing that says that Shohei Otani has requested a trade. There's nothing that says that they're openly shopping him. There's just logic in play here because he's going to go to free agency. This is not going to be something where he gives the Angels some kind of hometown discount because, well, let's face it, there has never been a player like Shohei Otani, so why on earth would the greatest baseball player ever give a discount to anyone at all? But there's an opportunity here because if I'm the Angels, I'm looking for some kind of crazy trade deal that almost resets our competition clock as quickly as the Reds have reset their competition clock. And I think that the Reds could do this and not break the bank, so to speak. Now, I find it interesting, and this was a conversation that was had in our Locked On Reds Discord that plenty of people we're getting up in arms about. I was seeing lots of folks being, you know, going back and forth and, and talking this way and that where it comes to whether the Reds should do this, what it would take to do this. And I found this proposal to be a start. I don't believe that this trade proposal is what would get the deal done with the Angels, but this is a jumping off point. And this is provided to us by a uh, member of the Lockdown Reds Discord chat, Kenny Des C. That's K E N N Y D E S in the letter C. He says the Reds should trade Jonathan India, Chase Petty, Kevin Newman, Kurt Casale, and then the Angels would get a pick of Austin Hendrick or Reese Hines, Leonardo Balcazar or Jose Torres, and Alex McGarry or Ruben 
Abaro, which comes out to seven players with the final three players of those kind of being options between, you know, six players. They, they can kind of pick and choose as they will. Like I said, I think this is a jumping off point, but how would you feel about uh, this group of players being sent to Los Angeles? Well, okay. So if you're asking me how I would feel about this group of players being involved in a trade, it wouldn't give me a whole lot of heartburn on that list. Uh, there's two names that give me a little bit of heartburn. One is Chase Petty because I ultimately mm-hmm. think he's going to be something fairly special. Uh, I'm still trying to chase him down for a lefty in a bullpen. I'm working on that. But uh, I, I think he's going to be a major leaguer. Uh, the yeah. other one that gives me a little bit of heartburn is Jonathan India, but not for the reasons that you think. Um, do I think Jonathan India is replaceable? Yes. Do I think that we could put a better lineup together that's at least better defensively without Jonathan India? Yes. Do I think that it could prove to be highly disruptive while this team is electric and in a pennant race? Yes. And that's why it gives me a little bit of heartburn. That being said, in the right deal, I would do it anyway. Yeah, because we're talking about, like I mentioned, the best baseball player we've ever seen. And people can start to argue about guys that have played long, long time ago. We're talking about how what we've ever seen, and they didn't face what Shohei Otani is facing and they weren't performing at the level that he is performing at. We have, if you're um, uh, interested, Shohei Otani this season has played in 89 games. He has 341 at-bats. He has a 302 average, a 663 slugging. He has 32 home runs in those 80, 80, what did I say, 84 games. I mean, he is absolutely phenomenal. And then you add in the fact that he has pitched over 100 innings with a 3.3 ERA, 132 strikeouts, and he leads the major leagues in hits allowed per nine innings. He's only allowing six hits per nine innings. God, I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> but this is where this is where the Reds being equipped to get this guy really gives me a pause because they've got plenty of guys to trade. Now, I do find this interesting because not included in the proposal that Kenny Desi uh, mentioned on Discord was Christian Encarnacion Strand. Not included was Connor Phillips. Not included was Edwin Arroyo. You've got a number of guys in there that if the Reds were able to hang on to those guys and and acquire Shohei Otani, it would be a steal. Like, I love Jonathan India, and I have been a proponent for not trading Jonathan India this year because the locker room chemistry has been phenomenal, and he has been at the forefront of that. But if you can get Shohei Otani and keep CES... Because then you just you just scooch over Matt McLean and Ellie De La Cruz. You bring up CES, play him at third. You put Shohei Otani at DH. Nobody's pitching to this lineup, baby. Well, that's true, but that package as it's constructed, the one that Kenny proposed here, uh, that com- that package is not even going to keep the Angels on the phone. Look, mm-hmm. if 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 the Reds were to be a serious buyer, and coming up, we'll get into whether or not they should be. Uh, that's a separate conversation. But if they were to be a serious buyer in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, the package starts with Connor Phillips, CES, Jonathan India, Joe Boyle, Austin Hendrick, Edwin Arroyo, Chase Petty. Those guys straight with only Shohei Otani coming back. And I don't think that that's an overpay. I mean, listen, let's put this in perspective, Jeff. It cost CES plus who? 
to get Tyler Malley. Spencer, Spencer Steer. Steer. Yeah. Right? Spencer Steer and And CBS. part of the package to get Will Benson. Yeah. Correct. So, I mean, that was for Tyler Malley. Look, I love Tyler Malley. He's nowhere near the baseball player that Shohei Otani is. So to, to put together a package that doesn't include the best prospects in the system is going to be laughed at by anybody that answers the phone out in Anaheim. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, if, if you want the Reds, and I know I, I shared a tweet, something similar to this last week, Jeff, where I said, you know, if people that are talking about the Reds going out and getting starting pitching, I'm, I retweeted a post by somebody else and said, I retweet this to remind you what starting pitching costs at the deadline. And that was the Tyler Malley deal. I think people forget. And then even when you pay that much, it doesn't always work out. That trade didn't work out for Minnesota. So I, I think you really have to bear in mind what it would cost to get. And, and when you say this, you're absolutely right. The best baseball player to ever play the game. Is he the best hitter there's ever been? Maybe not. Is he the best pitcher there's ever been? Maybe not. But is he the best all-around baseball player that anyone has ever seen in their lifetime yeah. or any that have passed? He absolutely is. There is nobody that has ever had to pitch at the level of eliteness that Shohei Otani is pitching at facing today's hitters. And similarly, there is nobody that has performed offensively while doing the pitching thing against some of the elitist, the most elite pitchers the game has ever seen and having the success he's having. So I, I just, I mean... Jeff, uh, to be honest with you, that package that I proposed that I said it would take, that's the starting point. You probably have to add to that once the bidding war breaks out. I don't think that it's going to just get done that way. My only thought is this this deal, I think, actually is the one that gets it done because I don't think anybody can offer a package that's better than that. And if you're saying that they do still retain Noel V. Marte, then that's a good thing because you've got your third baseman for the future. That's that's something that you can kind of get behind there. My only pause with this is, and this is something we're going to get into here in a minute, how much does this torpedo the plan that Nick Crawl put in place, which is a question for should the Reds do it? Because the Reds can do it. But just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing. We'll tell you what we think about what they should do when it comes to Shohei Otani coming up next. Before we tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors because this episode is brought to you in part by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. Pretty sure Shohei Otani would be the perfect fit for the Cincinnati Reds. But it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back into the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Coming up this weekend, Reds and Brewers are getting it started. Starting tonight, we are back 
it is great to see baseball back today. And if you can't be down at the ballpark, make sure you check out every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show, or sorry, coming up Monday on the show. Uh, will there be any award-winning Reds this year? We'll tell you why we believe there will be. So, so let's see here. The Reds can do it, Steve. I would like you to start off because I started off with telling you that the Reds can do it. Should they do it? All right, let's let's recap uh, the deal that I think could potentially get a deal done for Shohei Otani. And uh, you think it could get it done. I think it might even take a little bit more than that. But here's where we're at. Uh, the Reds would have to send Connor Phillips, CES, Jonathan India, Joe Boyle, Austin Hendrick, Edwin Arroyo, and Chase Petty to Anaheim for the Angels to send back Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Now that's without a negotiated extension. And, and, and it's, it's ridiculous to think the Reds are going to give Shohei Otani $500 million. So let's just start they, right they there. Won't. This yeah, they won't. is a rental. Yeah. All of that for a rental, a half season of Shohei Otani. So the next question you have to ask yourself is, by making this deal, does Shohei Otani come in and make the Reds a legitimate World Series contender? Not a division contender, not a National League contender, a World Series contender. I'm not sure that it does. It helps, but I'm not sure that it's a guarantee. Now you have to look at the impact of 2024 and beyond. You're going to have a lot of holes to fill now because people you were counting on to fill holes in 2024 are now gone. That sets back the plan that has been pretty expertly executed by Nick Crawl and the Reds front office. All of those questions and the answer to all of those questions lead me to believe they absolutely should stay as far away from this thing as possible. <laughs> Look, I would be it. Listen, I understand it, the great American ballpark would be filled every game. The rest of the way we would be covered on national broadcasts as many times as possible. Everybody would be talking about Cincinnati. It would do a whole lot for uh, raising the, the value of the franchise and raising people's engagement with the franchise, but it would derail what is probably a six year competition window where the reds could be in the world series almost every year for bringing in one guy right now listen folks i know it's been a long long time since this team has been relevant i know it's been a long long time since this team was something that you could believe in stay the course don't derail it by going and getting some shiny rental that may or may not get you there all of these guys that we're talking about trading away are the guys that are going to get you there just be patient a little bit longer, and still you might get the surprise that you didn't see coming this year, and that is a Reds postseason. Yeah, and I think this is where we, we, we talked about a couple weeks back that the Reds themselves are in the best position of any team coming into the trade deadline for one simple reason. They don't have to spend anything. They don't have to go out and make some kind of desperate play for a starting pitcher or a desperate play for some bullpen help or something like that and overpay for something. You're talking about the most overpay trade in the history of trades because on the other end of the spectrum and something we did not talk about in the first segment, if you're Artie Moreno of the Los Angeles Angels, do you want to be the guy 
that traded Shohei Otani. Because we will always remember the fact that the Boston Red Sox got rid of Babe Ruth. Like, this is something that if I'm the Angels, there is no talking me down by telling me that you're only getting Shohei Otani for two months. You're getting the best baseball player who ever lived for two months. So there is no such thing as a discounted price because, let's face it, there is no comparison point. You cannot compare a trade of Shohei Otani to anyone. I mean, it would the, the closest thing you could fathom is trading an ace-level pitcher and your middle-of-the-order hitter, but you're doing it for one guy, for one roster spot. And as much as it would be awesome, and trust me, there have been times when I have imagined a, a, a lineup that includes Shohei Otani and a day where the probable starter on the mound for your Cincinnati Reds is Shohei Otani against Corbin Burns or whoever is on the other side of the field. That would be amazing. But this would go again. Do you know how old Shohei Otani is? He's 29, isn't he? He's 29. He's going to be entering yeah. his age 30 season. To put it in yeah. perspective, someone would have to come to a podium somewhere after this trade and say that Shohei Otani is really an old 30, and you need to understand <laughs> it's the same wait, kind wait. of trade. Where's Milt Pappas? Exactly. Let's, let's get Milt Pappas. We'll send him over. People, generations down the road are going to be like, what was that but, thinking trading that guy away? But this is, I mean, Shohei Otani is even better than Frank Robinson. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just, it's ooh, crazy to ooh. say that. Ooh, it's crazy to say that to get us killed in the comment section, but the player think about what he does. We've, we've laid this out. He's the best player that ever played baseball, but still I look at this and I say, this would go against everything. Nick crawl has told us he is doing. He has told us for years. And as much as everyone hates the peaks and valleys comment, he's doing what he said. He's eliminating peaks and valleys because he's bringing the level up and the level's going to stay here for multiple years, hopefully the foreseeable future. That would be nice to say, but it's kind of hard to say that the Reds will be contenders forever. That would be the hottest take in the history of forever. But still, the, the way that he is able to raise the talent level of this organization, not just the 26-man roster, but the organization that the Reds have now, to then take the biggest chunk of that and give it to the Angels would be malpractice. So as much as I would love to see the Reds make this trade, there's no realm of reasonable reality where they should absolutely do this. You know, one of the things we learned in this segment is that Jeff hashtag hates Frank Robinson. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> and then B, I do want to give you credit because when you initially proposed doing this show today, I, I was, I, I laughed at you and, and I was you like, thought I was going to say we should do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there's no way I thought we were going to have this conversation. That's why I kept the it. More, I kept the it. more we did this, the more I'm like, you know, it's absolutely right. The reds are probably best positioned more than anybody else in baseball to go make a deal like this, but yep. it's absolutely a case of they should not. And I think, you know, and I think at the end of the day, Nick Craw gets that. I think it's much more likely mm -hmm. that he'll go out and find a, a decent reliever to supplement the bullpen, maybe two. Yep. And, and, and as you and Charlie talked about on yesterday's show, 
I think maybe a guy that could be a solid four or fifth starter and eat some innings until Green and Lodolo come back. That you know they make he may cost you just a little bit, but he is yeah. not going to cost you the future, and no. and that will get you bridged until you get back Green, you get back Lodolo, you stabilize this rotation and head into the postseason. Nick Crawl has proven to us, Jeff, he's pretty good at this. He's pretty yeah. good at these trades. He's pretty good at these negotiations. And I think for the first time in a long time, I'm very comfortable in saying I trust what the Reds front office is doing to make this 100%. team better. 100%. And I think this is kind of the feeling like, you know, when you're playing fantasy baseball and somebody or, or fantasy football and somebody says, you know, Hey, I got, you know, I know I have the number one player in fantasy right now, but he's on the trade block. Then Nobody really jumps at that because they're like, no, we know what you're going to be asking for him. And we know what the angels should be asking for Shohei Otani. And because of that, we don't want the reds anywhere near this trade. Well, listen, Jeff, uh, more than just the trade deadline coming up, the second half of the season is here and the reds are opening against, I want to say it again. The reds are opening up against the second place, Milwaukee Brewers tonight at great American ballpark. And there's a specific key to the Reds winning this series with the Brewers. And coming up, we are going to tell you all about it. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast, and that is Bird Dogs. The summer heat has settled in, and you want a pair of shorts that impress while feeling great. And that's where Bird Dogs comes in. Bird Dogs makes you look good. They are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer, through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Uh, you know, some of us are more sculpted than others, but they fit like a dream. Bird dogs. Jeff, you fell off the rowing machine. Stop it. Bird dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement and comfort. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You can seriously go from your couch out to the golf course. And I've done this. You've seen me wear these shorts out to the ballpark. You can wear them from your couch to the golf course, then head down to the beach, jump in the water, and then still run into town and go out on a date or meet up with some friends. And you never have to change these shorts. You may put on a belt for part of the evening, take it off for other parts, but the shorts stay the same. They are great. Uh, They are the most comfortable pair of shorts I have ever owned. It's very easy for me to say that. I wear multiple pairs of these things throughout the week. If you want to get your own, go to birddogs.com slash locked on and enter the promo code locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler. It's a great tumbler, guys. Yeti style tumbler. Bird Dogs logo right there. They're awesome. Just enter that promo code locked on to get your Yeti style tumbler when you place your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Remember that if you can't be at the ballpark tonight, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds after you download the app. You can also follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Also, join us over on Discord. There is a link down in the description of today's episode that will get you set up so you can join in on our baseball conversation between episodes. All right, Jeff, we're here. 
It's baseball time. We survived this break. This has been one of the worst all-star breaks that I can recall in a long, long time because I want, you know, by the (sighs) all-star break the last few years, you know, we're talking about Bengals training camp. We're not even even looking forward to this next series. But, you know, baseball is back in Cincinnati, and I am so excited. This thing's going to open up with Graham Ashcraft taking on Corbin Burns. And let's start there with that pitching matchup because I got to tell you, Jeff, I was a little surprised to see the Reds go with Graham Ashcraft to open the season versus Andrew Abbott. I was too. I I, I really thought that Abbott had pitched himself into the ace role. Uh, I, I know uh, Charlie and I got the chance to talk about is Andrew Abbott the ace even whenever Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo comes back. And he gave me an answer that I know that you loved hearing the fact that Hunter Green is the ace of this team, even though you tend to try to put everyone else in front of him. Uh, But I think that this move reeks of David Bell. And I don't mean that in a bad way. David Bell has been lauded for his ability to connect with his players. Everyone that plays for him loves playing for him. And I think that this is a move that tells me two things. David Bell, number one, is giving this a little bit to Graham Ashcraft to try and see if that last start that he had, which was phenomenal, is where he is headed for the rest of this year. Because if that's the case, if Graham Ashcraft comes out and shoves, then you're talking about a dude's confidence level going from mm to and I think that with that, he is also saying, I'm giving this to Graham Ashcraft because at the end of the day, Graham Ashcraft's the most veteran member of this starting rotation. And it's not as if it's a default move, but he is considering Graham Ashcraft's personality here. And he is considering Graham Ashcraft as the human being. Like, think about it at your job. If you're up for a spot and someone else is up for a spot and you're the most senior member and you get passed over, you're going to be mad about that. Like, that's where Graham Ashcraft would be right here, and he would have every right to be, I think. So I, I think that there's twofold moves here. And look, if he if it pays off, then he looks pretty smart too, David Bell, that is. Yeah, I, I like the visual of it. I I, I definitely think it is a, a get-right start. It's a psychological mm-hmm. building start. I think that, you know, you're, you're pulling Graham Ashcraft aside and you're saying, you know, right now, with the lay of the land being the way that it is, you are our guy. We believe in you. And the backside of that is if it's not good Graham Ashcraft that starts on the game tonight, there's a fully rested bullpen ready to go. So, I mean, I I think, I think if he gets in trouble early, David Bell can have a fairly quick hook because it'll be okay to cover all those innings. But I, I really hope that Graham Ashcraft goes out there. It really seemed like he was starting to figure things out. I, I hope that the extended rest period has allowed him to, to take a step back and clear his head and really be ready to be the guy. Uh, because if Graham Ashcraft is right with the way that Andrew Abbott has been pitching and then the surprising uh, reemergence of Ben Lively, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be in every one of these games. Now, I'm listen, slow your roll. I'm not calling it a sweep. Uh, I really do <laughs> think that it's, it's, it's a very realistic to say the Reds are going to take two of these three games, uh, and then yeah. maybe they could stumble into a sweep. But two of three, that's what they need to do. That would be getting it done. You just have to win the series. And the key 
to winning this series is winning tonight. It's beating Corbin Burns. Because if you beat Corbin Burns, I have lots of confidence in this lineup's ability to get to either Freddie Peralta or Adrian Hauser. We saw there in the start against Corbin Burns in Milwaukee that, you know, his first three innings, he was cruising. But once he got to the second time through the order, that's really when the Reds started to kind of, you know, put some dents in the armor a little bit. And then they had that opportunity there and I, I think it was the fifth that they really could have put a quirky number on the board they just needed a absolutely amazing athletic play by um Bryce Terang at second base to catch Ellie's line drive. So I, I think that the Reds could have blown the doors off and completely changed that game around because I know the Brewers ended up winning that game pretty handedly. But I think that that was a moment where the Reds could have flipped the script a little bit. And I think that they could get to Corbin Burns here at Great American Ballpark tonight. And I think that if they do that, you're looking at two out of three because I, I just think, look, when you match up the Reds and the Brewers, it's key who has the advantage in the line, or it's clear who has the advantage in the lineup, and that's the Reds. It's clear who has the advantage in pitching, and that's the Brewers. But if you can immobilize that advantage whenever their ace is on the mound, you stand to win the series against them. Well, and, and by beating Corbin Burns, you know, it gets into the rest of that rotation's head. It yes. really does. It, it, if Because they know. They know he's the ace of the staff. They know he's the guy. And if if the Reds can go out there and rough him up tonight just a little bit, I'm not saying they got to hang 10 on him. They just got to rough him up a little bit and have a lead. Right. I'm happy with that. If they can do that, it sends a message. You know, go tell the others we're serious. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really – you know what, Jeff? It is so much fun to go into each of these series and and have the confidence to say that, you know, they, the Reds can win this series. I, I, there have been – you know, I may have said it during, you know – the Dodger series. I may have said it a little during the brave series, like, Oh, it's going to be tough, but they have shown that they can play with anyone. And I, and I think that you keep hitting at this point and it just kind of rings around in the back of my head. And we probably should spend this last minute or so talking about it. And that is the Reds still have not put the best version of this team on the field. We haven't seen it yet. And now I know I was hoping to have an announcement that, Christian Encarnacion Strand was going to be on the active roster for this game tonight. It's, it and as still of happen, the time, yeah. it still happened, but as of the time of recording, we haven't seen anything that supports that. There haven't been really any credible rumors coming out of Louisville from people we trust. Nothing from the beat writers. And I think if it was going to happen, it would have it would have broke already because we're coming out of the all-star break. He would already be in Cincinnati. So I don't see it happening. And if it doesn't happen for Friday, I don't think it's going to happen during this series. So it's looking more and more like they really are going to just wait until there's an injury versus cutting a Kurt Casale or shoehorning CES onto this roster right now. I can see them maybe even flipping Kevin Newman for a relief pitcher or something like that. If that's in the cards, I don't even know. But like probably trading, I, I feel like... Where CES fits in best on this roster is what Kevin Newman is doing right now on the right hand of platoon at first base. So I think that whatever move it is that uh, that sees Kevin Newman no longer here, that's when we'll see CES 
kind of with the natural easy call up there. But yeah, no, I, I am very intrigued to see how this bullpen handles the, the off time. I mean, they have been working so much and so often this entire season that to have gone the long, the length of time that they have now without pitching, all of them are probably looking around like twiddling in their thumbs. Like, Oh my gosh, when am I getting the call? Like, Think about it as, as fans, this has been what feels like the longest all-star break ever because the season has been so fun. But think of all of the adrenaline rush you get being in this Reds bullpen right now. They're probably like, yeah, it was the longest all-star break ever on Tuesday. Like we want to get back to playing. And so how is, how is everyone going to manage it? There's going to be a little bit of nerves, I think. As the second half starts, there's going to be a little bit of guys wanting to get back out there and, and, you know, win the division today. They're going to have to calm down with that because there's plenty of games left to go. But I really think that with these final six games in the next week and a half against the Brewers, the Reds have a huge shot to separate themselves even before the month of July is over. So the two out of three this weekend, I'm, I'm just going to say it. It's a must. I absolutely agree with you. Listen, uh, we'll be back on Monday to break down all of the things uh, that we've talked about in this game. We'll break down all of what has actually happened. We'll report back to you guys. And listen, uh, if something exciting happens this weekend, you never know. We may pop up in your feed with a live. So make sure you're subscribed in case we do. But before we get out of here, don't forget that if you can't be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. That'll do it for us here today. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. Coming up on Monday, is there going to be any Reds that win awards this year? We're going to tell you why we think there will be. That's on Monday's episode of Locked On Reds. No, Steve, not you. Uh, but until Monday, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? We're going to be watching the games. We're going to be listening for the rumors. We're going to be watching the waiver wires and the transactions, gathering up all that information and bringing it right back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. A taste Frank Robinson. Holy smokes. I never said that. <laughs> and I'm skull.